In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Word of God. The title of this episode is Holding God to His Word. Let me start by saying that we all go through issues in life. The life of a believer has ups and downs, just like the life of an unbeliever. The challenges that we face are more or less the same. The only difference is how we respond to the challenges. I watched a television program the other day where pastors were engaging with some backslidden pastors. These are men of God that used to proclaim Christ as Lord and now they are still preaching but their message is now mixed up with um, some traditional ways of dealing with things, ancestral worship, though they say they don't worship the ancestors, but these are people that would go to the grave for example to speak to the dead and ask for some intervention in this issue or that so these are people that believe that their ancestors their dead family members their spirits are alive and are active to the point of helping them when they are in trouble in africa you'll find most of those beliefs where you believe that if your mother is dead and you go to their grave or you talk to them in a, a hut or a specific place where you have designated as an altar for wherein you communicate with the dead, you'll tell them your challenges and they'll fight for you. Some will think or believe that their ancestors have um, some way of talking to God on the behalf of the living. So that is a belief that... Um, Africans would, some Africans will say it was their own religion uh, before Christianity came. And, and therefore, they will hold on to that because you love your mother, you love your father, you love your grandparent. And if you see them somewhere in the spiritual realm, be it a dream or a vision, and, and they tell you to do this or they give a solution to that, or some will actually even be initiated to become traditional healers. And um, people do believe that there is some benefit or it is a good thing for them to communicate to the dead in that manner. It was such an interesting argument that one of them even used the transfiguration story of Jesus Christ to say Jesus communicated with the dead and, and one of the pastors corrected him to say you must read to the end because in the end there was a voice from heaven where the father said this is my beloved son listen to him. So you don't listen to Elijah who is dead you don't listen to Moses who stayed. Listen to this, my son. So this voice was telling those that were watching, which was Peter, James, and John, that this, my beloved son, is the one that you must listen to, not necessarily the ancestors or the dead people or their spirits. Now, the, the point I want to bring is one of those um, backslidden pastors said that he used to believe in Christ and um, was a Christian 
perhaps he thinks he is still a Christian, but he says he was in so much trouble at some point that he fasted even for 40 days, 39 days, and nothing happened. But then he says the minute he went to speak to his ancestors, things changed. And one of the other pastors said, the problem is that you go to God because you want money, you want cars, you want houses, you want tangible things. So you judge God on the basis of what you can get out of him or what he has not given you. Now, when you listen to the argument of this backslidden pastor, he's just basically saying, when I believed in God and God alone through Christ Jesus, I did not get results. I only got results when I invoked the spirits of my ancestors, of um, whatever, whether grandmother or grandfather, whatever ancestors that he believes in, that they began to assist him. So his breakthrough was in him asking his ancestors for help. Now, when you are a believer, you are believing the word of God. You're not believing anything else outside of the word of God or should not believe anything else when it comes to how you relate to God and how God wants you to live on this earth. So whatever situation or challenge you face, as a believer, you're supposed to go to God for an answer. But then sometimes it may seem like you have not gotten your answer. Yes, you'll go to God. He said, ask me anything. He said, if you ask me anything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father which is in heaven will give you. So if I need a job, prayer is my communication with God to say, Lord, I need a job. And if I need a house, prayer is my communication with God to say, God, I need a house. I, I, I'm sick. God, I need healing. It's, it's my prayer, my request, my petition to God. But then what if I don't get that answer? Because then if I don't get that answer from God, where else can I get it? And that is the main crust of the issue of these pastors that used to believe in Jesus Christ and God alone. It is that sometimes I have believed God's word and did not see it come to pass. It is an interesting topic. I, I was actually listening to them. I was like, there are probably other people that I always share about um, people that are atheists, for example, who would say, I prayed for my mother who had cancer and was not healed. Therefore, there is no God. So you take the word of God and you put it on a scale against your own experience as a human being. So God on the other side and your experience on the other side, and, and it tips the scale on, on, on your side and you feel that therefore God is not as powerful and as you thought he was. Now, in this episode, we're talking about holding God to his word so that the things that God has written in his word as the word of God is inspired by him and is written by men, the things that he has written in his word, you'll hold him to it and believe that God, you said this, I believe it, it settles it. Everything is settled on the basis of your word. Now, let me begin by saying that the word of the Lord God is true. There is no lie in it. The word of the Lord God is true. It is backed up by evidence. If you read a little bit about um, scientists' um, findings and how things have evolved over time, how views and understanding of things in this world has evolved over time, you'll realize that there's so many things that are written in the word of God that God spoke about long before the scientists managed to find the truth. So the realities that we are experiencing now or the realities and the truth that we know now is things that God would have spoken about a long time ago. So I'm saying the word of the Lord God is true. 
If you read in the book of Job chapter 26 verse 7, it says, He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth upon nothing. Now, for a long time, scientists and everyone else believed that the earth was put on some form of base. But the word of God had already spoken that he hangs the earth upon nothing. Some believed that um, the earth was um, put on some big thing. But this word says he hangs it upon nothing. So the belief that the earth is sitting on some big structure somewhere, it was proven to be false. Whilst the word of God had already spoken about it. Now, there is also the issue about the earth being round, wherein the Greek philosophers um, concluded that it was round for a long time. 500 BC, long before Isaiah spoke about the earth in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22, where he says, It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Praise God. So Isaiah already spoke about these things. The scientists only found out about it many centuries later. And they could now say, perhaps the word of the Lord God is true. So before medical science, for example, found out about the importance of isolating a person who has an infectious disease or the washing of hands, you would think that the, the laws of God, when he was speaking those laws to Israel, were just God being impossible. But God was actually showing people this is the best way of living on this earth because infectious diseases will come and go but you have a way of fighting them off so god taught his people about this in the bible and in the 14th centuries about 70 million people died because of a plague because they failed to separate the sick from the healthy it was only until the 17th century that the laws of quarantine were instigated but well before that well before modern medicine began to realize the importance of isolation of somebody with an infectious disease god had already instructed his people praise god he said as long as he has the infection he remains unclean he must live alone in a place outside the camp leviticus chapter 13 verse 46 praise god so the word of the lord god has spoken long before science could find out some of the truths that we know today now, secondly, God never lies. It is impossible for God to lie. The word of God tells us. You see, this is the nature of God. It is such that he cannot lie. It's not that he will not lie, but he cannot. He can't do it. It is not in his nature for him to lie. So it will never happen for God to lie to anybody. If it was possible for him to lie, then he would not be God or worthy of anything. But when he speaks, he speaks the truth and that is what you need to believe. The word of God tells us that he seeks his word to fulfill it. You see, men will fail in their promises because they say things which they have no internal ability to fulfill on their own. I can say to you, I will pray for you and then I drive home and I have an accident. I fail to pray for you. I can promise you this and that and fail to fulfill it. I'm a human being. I may not have said it out of um, ignorance or perhaps not intending to do it but there are things that can happen that can prohibit me from doing that which i've promised even with the best of intentions man still has to do the very thing men still fail sometimes to do the very thing that they wish to do man depends on god to be alive to do what they've promised to be healthy enough to do what i've promised and to be of sound mind to be able to do 
what I've promised. But God does not need anyone. He chooses to use men, but God can do without a man. Praise God. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10 and 11 it says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Praise God. So whatever word that God speaks, it is like um, that seed that is planted by a sower and then it will sprout out, it will germinate. That is how powerful God's word is. It is planted, but then it germinates. It's God that causes it to germinate. Now, there is a man that managed to hold God to his word and that is the message that I have in this episode. That is the king of Israel, King Hezekiah. This is a man whose story is recorded in Isaiah chapter 38 verse 1, verse 3 and verse 5. It says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. And then verse 3 says, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with the loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And then later it says, Go and tell Hezekiah, that is God now speaking to Isaiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will add to your days 15 years. Praise God. So Isaiah went to Hezekiah and told him, Hezekiah was sick, and Isaiah told him that you are going to die, set your house in order. The Bible tells us that Hezekiah did not argue with Isaiah, he did not plead anything with Isaiah, but he turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly before God. He took his case before the Father, but then he said in his words when he prayed to God, Remember, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. But then the question is, what was walking before God in truth and a loyal heart and doing good in his sight got to do with his sickness? What kind of prayer is this? Lord, I'm sick. Remember how good a person I am. Are we saying that the people that are sick are people that are not good or people that are not good are people that should be sick? Was there some form of qualification to receive healing? Is there a way that um, I should do things to, to please God for God to heal me? That is something that we have to ask ourselves. What is it that Hezekiah brought before God? It was not just as easy saying, I'm good man, remember me. Just like the Pharisees that were beating their hearts to say we are good people and, and the other man was just saying I'm a sinner, have mercy on me. But this king Hezekiah had something in his mind and in his spirit. He believed something about how he has walked before God and what it can do for him before the Father. Now, by the time this words were said by Hezekiah, Elijah had already raised up a boy, the widow's a son who had no credentials. He could not stand before God and say, I'm a young boy, I've done everything good. Boys are naughty. They, they get up to mischief at any given time. So a young boy was raised up, not because he had done anything good before God, but Elijah raised him up. Elijah also, by this time of the story of Hezekiah, he had already healed Naaman the Syrian, not even the Israelite. A Syrian man who was not even subject to the law of God, but he went to Elisha, the man of God, and Elisha spoke a word and God fulfilled that word. He would never qualify 
if he was speaking like Hezekiah because he was not a believer in God. He was not walking upright before God. He was not necessarily a good man. We don't know his history, but he did not live up to the law of God. Elijah had already raised up also the son of the Shunammite woman who also did not have any credentials. So there is no credentials before God that man could take to God and say, I'm a good man. There was none at that point. But there is something that Hezekiah held in his heart and said, if this thing, I can take this thing to God, God is going to answer my prayer. Why was it important for him to remind God how good he was? You see, children of God, there are various ways of receiving healing in the Bible. And the pillars of this method is faith. By faith, things happen. Whether by laying on of hands or by asking God in simple faith or casting the demon called sickness out or declaring healing using a point of contact by faith. Whatever ways, there are many of them. Hezekiah chose to say to God, I'm a good man, remember me. Credentials are not necessarily a method widely used. Otherwise, most of us will not qualify to be healed by God, will not qualify to receive anything from God because there are many mistakes that we make as human beings. Where are these credentials that Hezekiah was talking about? What is it that God said that will trigger a healing reaction if it was fulfilled? If we read from the book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, we'll be able to unearth this truth. The word of God says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Praise God. He is the Lord that heals you. He also says in Exodus chapter 23, verse 24 to 26, You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I have just emphasized the word I in both the scriptures. God said in this commandment, hear and heed the voice of God. Do what is right. Keep all his statutes. Do not bow down to their gods nor serve them. Serve the Lord your God. So these are the words that Hezekiah remembered that God said in prior times that if I diligently heed the voice of the Lord my God, if I do what is right in his sight, if I give the ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, God said he, God, will put none of the diseases on me which he had brought on the Egyptians. And God revealed himself as the Lord who heals. He said, don't bow down to their gods. That was a commandment. But then the promise came. He said in the promise, if you do these other things, this is what I will do. I will not put the diseases on you. And if the disease comes, it's not from me. And you have every right to reject it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. So God said, as a promise, I am the Lord who heals. So that is his nature. That is who God is. That is how he is. He said, I will take away sickness amongst you. That's a sure promise. I will take away sickness. Not that sickness will not come, but I will take it away. So God is not going to give you the sickness. And if sickness finds its way up to your life, 
He says, I will take it away from you. He said also, I will fulfill the number of your days. That's a sure promise that God said to Israel. Now claim it and live long. Hezekiah did. He was told you are going to die now and God turned that situation around. He fulfilled the number of his days, increased that number. What did Hezekiah do to deserve this thing? If there is something called deserving healing in the first place. In 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4 it says, Hezekiah, he removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days the children of Israel bent incense to it and called it Nehushtan. Oh God. Israel carried this bronze snake, this bronze serpent that Moses made when they were in the wilderness, when they had sinned against God and snakes came out and killed a lot of them. And God told Moses to make that bronze snake and everyone who looked upon that snake, that person will be healed. Israel took that image, kept it, walked with it wherever they were going. They, they kept on bowing to that bronze serpent and they make it some sort of a sacred pillar, um, an image where they would go and pray instead of praying to the living God who cannot be made into any other image. I was actually shocked when I read this and the Lord revealed this to me, that Israel still held the serpent, but Hezekiah did what was right before God. If you go back to uh, the book of Exodus, God said, don't bow down to their gods, don't serve them utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars and this is what Hezekiah did he broke those sacred pillars he removed he broke down the wooden image broke them into pieces even that bronze serpent the very thing that was made a pillar in Israel Hezekiah broke it down the very thing that was made sacred above God Hezekiah broke it the very thing that Israel used as some form of um, thing that they could worship and, and call on God through that thing. Hezekiah broke it and he did exactly what God said. If you do it, this is what I'm going to do. In 2 Kings chapter 18 verse um, 3, 5 to 6, it also says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Praise God. So the words that Hezekiah spoke before God when he turned his back to the wall were true. He had broken the sacred pillars broken all the images that Israel was using to worship. He had walked right in the sight of the Lord. It is written that there was none like him amongst all the kings of Judah who were before him, none like him, one man who did what was right in the sight of God. So he, he could stand before the Father and say, Oh God, I've done these things. You spoke about it in Exodus chapter 15 and Exodus chapter 23. I have done it. He reminded God. He did not even say, God heal me. He just said, remember me. I did these things. Remember me. Just, just remember. Let my actions, let my walk before you come as a memorial. And this is the thing that touched the heart of God. 
This is the thing that caused God to go back to his word and say, I actually did say this thing. Not that he had forgotten, but that there is a man who held God to his word to say, God, there's something you said before to Israel and I have followed you. And that word that you spoke came with a promise. You'll put none of the sicknesses that you put on the Egyptians. One of the sicknesses that had been put upon the Egyptians was boils. The ten plagues of Egypt, one of them was boils. Second Kings chapter 20 verse 7 it says, Then Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Who? Hezekiah recovered from the boil. One of the plagues was boils. Hezekiah had a boil, and it threatened to kill him. Hezekiah said to the Lord, Remember, remember me. I have done the things you said, and you said in your word, you will not put the sicknesses you put on the Egyptians on me. I'm an Israelite. I walk according to your commandments. I have done this. And God, you promised. And God, you're faithful. And God, you never lie. Your word is true. My God, my God, your word is true. Your word is true. I cannot have a boil, God. You said you will not put it on me. Therefore, this boil is not coming from you. But you did not just say you will not put it on me, but you also promised that you will take it away from me. If the enemy puts the boil, you take it away from me. If there is a boil in me, it's not from you. You are the Lord God that heals me. Remember me. As you remember what I've done, you'll also remember your word and your promise. God said he will not put any of these things that he put on Egyptians upon Israel. And God revealed himself as the Lord that heals. God committed himself to fulfilling the number of days of Israel. And he did that with Hezekiah. He put 15 more years unto the king of Israel, the king that was leading the people of God. Hezekiah believed the word of God. Hezekiah believed and lived according to the word of God. And God remembered Hezekiah. You see, child of God, if you don't know what God has promised in his word, you will continue to accept the things that you should not be accepting. You'll continue downplaying the power of God and his word because you don't know the word of God. Knowing the word of God is for your own benefit. It is not yours to know only, but it is for you to do as the word of God says. Do what he says. Read it. Hold it dear in your heart and live according to the word of God. Oh, praise Jesus. He's going to fulfill it. God is faithful to fulfill his word, beloved of the Lord. He fulfilled it with Hezekiah. I don't know what troubles you. I don't know what is a challenge that you're facing, child of God. But I want to encourage you. Go to the word of God. Do as Hezekiah did. Lord, remember your word. Lord, remember your promises. You promised in your word that you are the Lord that heals me. Do it, Lord. You promised in your word that it is you that teaches me how to make wealth. Do it. Teach me how to make wealth. I cannot live in poverty when you are the one that is said in your word. You'll teach me how to make wealth and be teachable child of God because there's something that you must do and God has something that he must do as well. So you cannot say, God, teach me how to make wealth and God teaches you and you don't get up and do what God has told you to do. Many of the problems that we're facing today the solution is found in the word of God. Practically all of them. When God says to you, I give you authority over all demons and to cure diseases in the book of Mark chapter 11. Believe that word and do it. If you say, God, you said you're giving me authority over the demon, cast it out. Believe that God has given you that authority. He said, I give you power over all 
demons and to cure diseases. Power to cure diseases. Therefore, believe God. Cure the diseases. Do what God said you must do and let God do what he said he will do. Our problem is thinking that the devil will not act against you simply because you believe the word of God. You see, the devil goes out every single day to fight you, to fight the word of God over your life. Your job is to wake up every single day to do what the word of God says and to fight the devil because he will never stop fighting you. He never stopped going after Jesus. He even took a chance when Jesus Christ was about to be arrested and be crucified. Who do you think you are to think that the devil will not come after you? The Bible has already told us clearly God did not hide that fact that the devil is like a roaring lion always looking, always looking, roaring and looking for whomever he will devour. But praise be to God, there is always a word. When the devil tries to devour you with sickness, there is always a word. I am the Lord that heals you. By his stripes you are healed. He sent his word and healed them. Ask me anything. Anything, not, not just whatever you think is suitable for you to ask God, but anything. May we believe God. May we read, search the scriptures. May we believe the word of God and search and find the truth. Hold God to it. Hezekiah did. God wants to heal you today. God wants you to prosper today. God wants you to have the peace of God that surpasses human understanding. God wants you to experience his love. And all of these things is found in his word. Hold God to his word. He is true to fulfill it. For he alone is God and he can never lie. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.